What's up, everybody? I'm Chris Hampton, your host. No, I'm just kidding. It's me, it's Lana. I'm the office manager here at Power Company. I just wanted to pop in real quick and tell you about something special we're doing. Hopefully you've been enjoying these daily episodes of essays from Chris's book, The Hard Truth, Simple Ways to Become a Better Climber. Maybe you're even thinking you'd like to snag a copy of the book for yourself. Well, it's the perfect time to do so, because right now, through June 10th, in celebration of the one-year anniversary, when you purchase a copy of The Hard Truth, we will be sending you some extra freebies. And I don't know about you, but I love freebies. Okay, so in addition to a copy of the book and some stickers, you'll also get a commit journal, which is a little notebook that's easy to throw in your pack, jot down some quick notes or whatever, three postcards of illustrated charts from our good friend Brendan Leonard of Semi-Rad Media, and another one of Brendan's charts from the book, The Success Built from Failure's Pyramid, in the form of a refrigerator magnet. So you can slap it on your fridge or camp stove or back of a car, wherever. Oh yeah, and Chris is going to sign your book too, so that's pretty neat. So head on over to powercompanyclimbing.com, click on the hard truth button, or banner, whatever, and you'll get yourself a copy. The offer runs now through June 10th, or until we run out of the free stuff, so don't dilly-dally. And you can find that link in the show notes too, on your handy-dandy pocket supercomputer, as Chris would say. Okay, now on with the show. Top five bad gym habits of boulders. Years ago, when I was mainly a sport climber with big sport climbing goals, I wrote about the top mistakes I see other sport climbers making in the gym. Now that I'm mainly a boulder with big bouldering goals, it's overdue that I point out the mistakes I see so many boulders making. See? Told you you weren't off the hook. Honestly, I can't entirely lay the blame on you. I think all of these reasons stem from two things, the current commercial climbing gym culture and the inability of media to show what the full process looks like for the best climbers. We've discussed both of these things on the podcast on various episodes, and the more I pay attention, the worse it seems. You might have good intentions, as do the gyms and the media, but Frankly, many of us are being slowed down by both of these things. Waiting for someone else to put your best interests first isn't going to get you anywhere. Instead, it's up to you to make sure you aren't falling into the traps. The tools are at your disposal. It's all about how you choose to use them. Number five, too hard for too long. There's a time and a place to do more, to go longer, to get exhausted. Most of the time, training to send hard boulders is not that place. At its core, bouldering is about trying to do the hardest moves and sequences possible, without the added complexity of ropes and widgets. It's rarely about determining how far you can push while fatigue sets in. So why train that way? There's a good reason that the grueling 1500 meter race is the final event of the decathlon, which is widely considered the event that crowns the world's best athlete. Because if they started with the 1500, all of the more powerful events, 100 meter sprint, pole vault, high jump, etc., would suck. 
We lose our top end strength and power when we're exhausted, and those energy systems are slower to recover. Coordination also drops with fatigue. Hard boulders require top end strength, power, and coordination. This should be a no-brainer. Like I said, there's a time and place. If you can't determine that it makes perfect sense to keep trying until total failure, then don't do it. Even then, do it sparingly. Number four, always projecting. I once heard a climber say, well, at least I can now say I'm working on V10. I didn't see them do a single move or hold a single position on their new project. They barely even tried. For them, it was just cool to be projecting something hard. By definition, a project is something that you aren't sending, something that feels a little out of reach, or at best, you can see it in the distance. They are valuable, in my opinion, necessary. But there's one major issue with getting trapped in the obsessive projecting loop. You aren't sending. If you happen to be the particular brand of masochist I am, this may not be a huge problem. But for most of us, it's important to build momentum. The only way you can do that is by sending. If you only get to go on a bouldering trip for a few weeks of the year, it's absolutely imperative that you practice the skill of sending, and sending fast. You certainly need the strength, power, and improved positional awareness that comes with limit bouldering and constant projecting, but don't underestimate the power of remembering how to send. Number three, ignoring endurance. Boulders are short, so obviously you don't need endurance, right? Wrong. I've seen enough climbers fall off of the relatively easy terrain after the crux of a 12-move boulder to know better. I've also seen plenty of climbers fade to dark after only a few attempts at a few boulders. Endurance and stamina are important if you want to send more than a single boulder a session or more than the 4-move power test piece. This doesn't mean you should put all of your focus on endurance, just that you should re-examine why you believe it lacks value. Have you fallen off of a boulder because you're pumped? More than once? I figured as much. Again, if you get a few weeks a year to try your projects, or if you're a road warrior who bounces from one area to another, putting in more high-quality efforts each day can be the difference between seeing your trip as a success or as wasted money. A little endurance can go a long way and is too easy to come by to ignore. Number two, staying in the middle. This one I'm going to blame largely on the gyms, and it's dangerously close to my top reason why more people aren't climbing harder boulders. Let's look at the average gym climber and see if we can spot the error. Miranda comes into the gym on Tuesday and sees that a new section of the boulder has been reset. She warms up on a few familiar problems and some of the new easy ones. Gradually, she makes her way to the slightly harder boulders that she can get done in that session. One or two of them get away from her. Thursday, she returns, excited to work on the problems that she didn't send on Tuesday. One of them goes down first attempt of the day, and the other takes some beta refinement before she tops it out. She finishes her session by sampling a few of the harder ones on the wall that she can almost conceive of. The following Tuesday, Miranda shows up to the gym and sees that a new section of the boulder has been reset. She warms up on a few familiar problems and some of the new easy ones. Gradually, she makes her way to the slightly harder boulders that she can get done in that session. One or two of them get away from her. 
Sound familiar? It's a terrible cycle of staying at a middle intensity, never truly trying anything that's actually difficult, and one that many gyms perpetuate with their setting schedule. I get it. If I were running a commercial gym, I'd do the same. It's up to you to break that cycle. Spray walls or set boards can be your best friend. Pick a project and maybe even ignore the new set for an extra week or two. You might not get to do every problem that you're capable of, and that's okay. Until now, you've essentially been ignoring the hardest boulders that you're capable of. And the number one bad gym habit of boulders, not enough effort. When I spoke with underground legend Brian Anthonese on the podcast, he estimated that amount of effort given is where 99% of people are falling short. I tend to agree. To be completely honest, I want hard moves to feel easier than they are. I'm sure many of you do as well. When we're learning to climb and progressing through the grades, it's often some should-have-been-obvious beta change, a, a subtle shift of the hips, or just a bit of learning the moves that makes all the difference between sending and not. That continues throughout this entire journey. However, at some point when you've learned a lot about reading beta or where your hips should be, at a point where the moves just get hard, that little bit of learning might not do the trick anymore. It's frustrating as hell. But how hard are you really trying? Did you just expect it should feel easier after you tried it 15 times? Did you want it to flow more than it actually does? Are you just waiting to finally connect with it? That's me. That's what I do. It's been an all-out battle to learn to give 100% to a single move. It's not how I'm wired, but I'm making progress. Occasionally, I'm able to summon everything I've got. Not often but far more than I could a year ago. I've still got a long way to go. How about you? Hey everybody, I'm Devin Dabney. I'm a rapper, root setter, coach, artist, lots of other things that I can't remember right now, but I've been climbing for about 10 years now. Um, I was a... Uh, Red River Climber, like hardcore Red River Climber for about five years. And now I'm kind of in a bouldering phase, but I really just love climbing and I love teaching. So thankful that Chris is having me on here to discuss this chapter. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. I I would also add to that, that you are a hyper creative um, <laughs> and, that, and that you are within that creativity, a deep sensitive thinker and, 100%. and i appreciate that and i think that's such a valuable thing for a creative to have i i agree yeah i think like all of all of the forms of creativity that i use are all from a sense of like careful thought and empathy you know like nothing yeah. that i'm making is without consideration of how it will cause other people to respond and um and and you know everything i make is a conversational piece basically that's that's yep. really what it boils down to or it's intended to affect somebody in a positive way and yeah i'm not i'm not limited to one form i try to indulge in all languages and all yep. forms of communication well, well it shows <laughs> 
I'm glad to hear that from you, of all people. <laughs> uh, like I said, I know you are busy. You've got a lot going on. <laughs> you know, Mario and I are both kind of in like, let's uh, let's make sure we take care of Devin and that he, you know, isn't <laughs> isn't overdoing himself. Because there's, you know, oh, it's man. easy to do that. So, so I appreciate you taking this time. And I'm, I'm a little bit like, maybe I shouldn't ask Devin because I know he's got so much going on. <laughs> but it also <laughs> is a time when I, when we get to schedule to sit down and talk and I know I can keep you for a little extra and, and chat with you. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad you did because, you know, it, and I'm sure you know this, but there's a difference between things that give me energy and take energy yeah. away. And like, I'm not going to lose energy talking to you. It's not something that it's like something that I look forward to. And and sure, there's things that I do that I look forward to that that are draining. But you get what I'm saying, yeah. right? Like, I'm glad that you did. And that's like, probably this is why I get overwhelmed. But one of my mm-hmm. fears is like, I don't want people to think like, oh, Devin's too busy I can't reach out to him. I always want people to at least reach out to me, you know, and and I think the thing I'm learning is that I need to know when to say no and when I'm doing too much. Um, And yeah, it's hard when it's hard when I'm trying to keep up with you two. (laughs) It's hard to not overdo it because I'm I'm such a like, I know that things take time and I know that you need to work towards them. But when I get a when I have a goal or something I'm working towards, I just like, that's all I see. And I work really, really hard yeah. to get there. And I know that it'll take time, but I'm putting absolute effort into it all the time. So yeah, I got to learn to slow down sometimes. <laughs> well, you know, so do we. And you know, that's a, that's one of the things I appreciate about our conversations, you know, you Mario and I is that a lot of it is just celebrating each other, you know, celebrating mm-hmm. ourselves. And and I think that's why that's part of why I know it doesn't take energy away from me to talk to you. So we've had lots of like mm-hmm. spur of the moment conversations and, you know, and you you feel the same way. And it's it feels celebratory. Mm-hmm. And honestly, this whole podcast project for me is a celebration of this thing I made a year ago. And I want to you know, it's so as an artist yourself, it's so easy to put something out into the world and then never know how it touches mm-hmm. the world, you know, never, never really talk to the people yeah. unless they reach out to you. Um, so for me, this is like reaching out to a bunch of people and saying, hey, just talk to me about this one chapter for a few minutes. I just want to hear your take on things, you know. Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to say that I really appreciate the format of the book. For someone like me who has a lot of things to do, yeah. it was so it was so great for me <laughs> to have like a, a chapter that was like three pages and like oh great like I can I can actually get this done in in a few minutes um, and I could just I can take it at my pace because I'm still not even done reading the whole book yeah. but I just I, I just really appreciate how it was written and you you changed how I look at writing a book. And, and made me realize it doesn't have to be like this big thing. Like, I mean, this is a dense book, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely. much easier to digest. And I love the, the graphics that come along with it. And so I really appreciate just the book as a whole. Yeah, for, um, me, for me, these essays are like 
like punchlines, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's the most powerful part of a verse sometimes and and mm-hmm. people attach to that and I'm like, let me just write a whole book of punchlines, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a that, that's a good way to look at it. It's like the hooks or like the yeah. things that catch people. Um and that's exactly what it, it feels like. It's like all the I think that people who who are willing to who are open to receiving the information that you put in the book will see that and and just know that this is like very dense content. Yeah. And that even though even though the um and this is how like I think only someone at your level of climbing and and writing could do this, but even though it's short, it is not by any means easy to digest, especially if you've never heard these things before, you know? Yeah. What's interesting, you know, the first iteration of the title was easy ways to become a better climber. And I, I sent it to a friend and he immediately said, it's not easy. It's, it's simple, but it's not easy. easy. And I was like, oh, okay. So we immediately changed the title to simple ways to become a better climber. And, yeah. and I get it. A lot of these things are the hardest to implement, the hardest to follow, you know, partly because they're so easy and you can say, oh, I'll do this tomorrow. I'll do this next week, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like even just this, that, this chapter specifically, the bad habits of builders, like all of these things are very simple concepts. Mm-hmm. And these are all things that at most of them, at least at some point that I've told a student or I've been told myself. And uh, I guess like one way I, I've learned or to look at it is that some of these things people just have to learn by by bashing their head against the wall or having an injury. Like, you know, like you can't tell certain people anything. Right. Like, um, I mean, just the... I mean, any one of these five habits, like, you know, some, like if you tell someone to try harder, it's like, I am already trying hard. And I'm like, okay, okay. That like, yeah. if like, it's up to you or like, uh, God, like the, the uh, it's number, f- I think it's number five, but I think it's, it could have been number one is too hard for too long. Like, I don't know how many times I've had to tell, um, someone like, you know, you're, you're you're projecting too much. Like you need to, you've been going downhill for two hours now. Yeah. Like you, you need to just back off or like, or even like not just in sessions, but just noticing someone keeps coming back like every day to this project that's at their limit. And it's like, do you realize that if you just like, if you just took a couple of days off, you would probably get this faster than trying every single day. But you, people don't want to hear that. They're like, no, I got to. Yeah. Or, or, or they, they won't say no outright. They'll just do this like, yeah. And then they'll get back on it. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It's, you know, and a lot of these things I had to learn that way. You know, mm-hmm. I, I fell into a lot of these traps and a lot of the, the book is me saying, hey, I've already fallen into this trap for you. You know, mm-hmm. and it was funny rereading this essay in particular. I can tell I wrote it later. Like a lot of these were written mm-hmm. years and years ago. And this is one that I added in while putting the book together. And I can tell that because I was in a good mood. Like I was, mm-hmm. I was being kind of sweet to people. I wasn't, I wasn't an you were asshole being nice. like I was <laughs> yeah. in a lot of the other essays. You were, you were definitely being nice. <laughs> yeah. This was one of the ones that Brittany and, 
you know, Brendan weren't like, oh, maybe you should tone this one down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of it that way until you said that. But yeah, this was very, um, it was a, it was a very warm tone, and uh, you you definitely could have laid into people more, especially for, I think at least for, uh, too hard, too long. You know, I, I, it's a lot of these things are are just like things that I either I've tried to tell other people or things like you said that I had to learn myself like this doesn't work I mean um some of these like I mean like trying I feel like I've always tried a hundred percent and and like that's that's something that I'm thankful that that I know how to do yeah for me it's always been um like I've I, obviously we just talked about going too hard for too long like that's something that I I had to learn by repeatedly getting injured and um, like feeling like I was trying a hundred percent, but nothing was happening. And it's like, well, obviously either I'm not doing the right thing or there's gotta be something I need to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like, I, I don't know. And then even like staying in the middle, that's something that like, it was kind of like a rubber band effect or like a boomerang effect sort of where like, I, I realized I was trying too hard for too long. And then I got really uh, obsessed with like, okay, I'm just going to make sure I'm super well-rounded in my base and that right. I only climb things that I can do in a session or or less. And and I just build my base and then I stop projecting so that they, yeah. obviously that's not good either. Right. Uh, you know, that's one of the things I'm most interested to hear your perspective on actually is I talked to Miles West last night um, mm-hmm. and and I was really interested to get his take on the fact that I've been critical of commercial gyms um, in the past, and I mentioned it in this essay a little bit about how the the constant resetting, you know, this reset cycle, mm-hmm. which is great because it's giving climbers new boulders to try all the time, mm-hmm. but it lures climbers into this middle ground where you're repeating the same level of difficulty over and over and over and you never actually have time to work on something really hard you you do have time but it's easy to fall into the trap of that middle ground and yeah and i've been critical of commercial gyms for that um i do appreciate that a lot of them are adding spray walls into their gyms or boards into their gyms moon tension kilter Mm -hmm. um, grasshopper and so they are like giving climbers the tools they need. So I'm curious your take on that, that constant reset cycle and how it can trap climbers or, or what's really positive for climbers about it. Yeah, I think, um, I think one thing that I've had to accept is that commercial gyms do not care about climbers progression necessarily. Like they want to get you, they want to keep people coming in and it's really easy to lure people with new problems. So like, sure. And even I if they that, do care about it, it's, it, it's not their bottom line. Like they, yeah. As like a, the members as a are not making the money. Yeah. It's uh so, so I've, I've kind of come to terms with that, but with that, I think, I think there's pluses to having new problems. I think that if you, I think some people, uh, myself included, you can get really hung up on trying the same things and having new problems show up kind of diverts your attention. I do think I hadn't actually thought about it this way until I read the essay, but that, that pattern of 
new set, try these problems, maybe work on a couple of hard. Oh, wait, new set, try these problems. Yeah. I not only see that, but I can think of a lot of my friends that are in that cycle yeah. and, and, um, and are talking about how they've been at the same grade for, you know, whatever, uh, time period it is and i I guess that it just kind of affirms that that's that's a cycle you're in well and it's tough right when if you only can come to the gym once a week right and there's a new set every week like you're just gonna naturally want to climb the new stuff so um you know i i think that there's value in doing things that you can just barely do a lot you know like this is just how i look at climbing but you know, you know how people will say like I'm I'm a V5 climber or I'm a 511 climber. Like when I say that, what I when I say it to somebody, I'm saying that that is like the grade that I if you put me in front of it most of the time, if I don't if I can't do it in a session, it's going to be two, you know. And obviously you can't assume that because every problem's different, but I like to feel super comfortable wherever I am grade-wise. I've never wanted to I've never wanted to like cherry pick a V10 and then and then the rest of the time I climb V5, you know, like I've right. I've always wanted my floor to be really close to my to the the top of what I can do. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I think that it's good because it it taught me to try different styles and like if, you know, if I say that I can climb uh, v4 that means everything including the styles i don't like and so i might be able to climb harder in the other stuff but i intentionally try to make myself level out but i think what that also does is it it kind of makes me forget how to try hard um mm-hmm. and like i forget what it's like to to actually push and yeah I, I think even especially now that i'm getting back into climbing again i've trying hard is a is a muscle like i've forgotten it is I've forgotten how to do it. Like it just, I can't exert like how, how I used to. So it's a, it's, it can be a bad thing to, to not do that. They're just stay in the middle on purpose. Yeah, totally. You know, and in, in your case in particular, like, you know, you and I have had a lot of contact over the last, you know, six months coming up on a year or something like that. Mm-hmm. And for you, like if I were coaching you, I would say something to the effect of you are going hard in so many areas of your life Mm -hmm. that maybe going hard in the gym isn't what you need. Maybe, maybe that's just therapy for you right now. You know, maybe turning off that try hard muscle could be important. If you go in and feel like you need it, then yeah, let's, let's dig into that. But if going into the gym is therapy and you're moving and you're feeling better about yourself, then let's stick with that. You know, try hard is a muscle, but it's also a muscle that gets tired. And, you know, you're you're going hard in a lot of spots in your life right now. That's a good point. You know, I I think that maybe what you're you're telling me is like the reason that I feel like I don't have it is because I just literally don't have it right now. And that. Um, because I'm giving it, using it everywhere. (laughs) It's hard to remember. And this is kind of what I tell, uh, um, you know, when I, when I have, uh, students or people that I'm coaching too, is that like your climbing is affected by 
a lot more things that aren't climbing. Like if your if your personal life isn't good or like if you're stressed out at work, it's going to show up in your climbing somehow. And I guess it yeah. would only make sense that if you're <clears throat> if I'm tired at, if I'm working really hard at work and then I'm working really hard on things outside of work that I'm going to feel tired when I climb. Um, and yeah, that's, that's yeah, a good point. It, for me, for me, it works that way with creativity as well. Like if I'm, if I have a really creative day at work or writing music or whatever, mm -hmm. and I go into the gym, I almost need to be on problems I can kind of zone out on yeah, and not have to find creative solutions to things, you know, because yeah. that creative muscle has just worked at that point. That's super true. And that might be like my, um, where my base building mentality comes from, where it's like, mm -hmm. I'm not really, when I'm looking at these problems that I'm climbing, I'm not really, um, I'm not really having to do a lot of mental gymnastics to figure them out. It might just be like I fall once or twice and like, oh, I I should have used, I should have put my hand there or I should have turned my hips this way or something like that. But it's not like this like, okay, so the first move is this and then I got to do what now? And it's a little more like just barely a puzzle, but then it clicks and then I can do it. Um uh, yeah, I, I just, I really, even though I'm talking in a sort of negative way about it right now, I do think that a lot of boulders could benefit from that. So even though it is a problem, like staying in the yep. middle can be a problem, I, I do think more boulders could benefit from staying in the middle instead of this, like, yeah. uh, I don't know, just the mentality of like, all right, I got a V6. All right, V7 now. Like, <laughs> you know, it just, it's not, not only does that not make sense in terms of building a base, but as I, as I'm sure you can attest to the, the gaps get, they just get wider and wider. Like the gap between V1 and V2 is nothing like the gap between V6 and V7, V8, V9, like it's so on and so forth, you know? Yeah. I think it feels that way because it's so much harder to gain new skills mm -hmm. as your skill set gets more well-rounded you know yeah it's harder to target those skills i don't know if the actual gap is much bigger huh but the ability to gain the skills takes a lot more focus a lot more intention a lot more time a lot more privilege to be able to spend that time doing it that's true you know that's true yeah so that's, it's, that's a, real. it's a tricky thing to navigate yeah mm. you know you you just reminded me of like you know, one thing I would always tell all of my um, students or or friends that are like newer climbers that look up to me for some reason, I, I would tell them like, you can climb whatever, like physically you are capable of doing whatever you want. It's just a matter of can you dedicate the, yeah, the time, the resources, the mental energy, the, the money, like whatever it's going to take to get there, you know, and for all of us, yep. it's going to, that path is going to be different. And it's going to require different things out of each of us. There's no, I think that's why there's so much advice on how to train and why it all doesn't necessarily line up is because it doesn't like what works for me doesn't work for someone else and vice versa. But, but yeah, the whole, all that to say that I agree, like, I feel like most people could probably climb as hard as they want to climb and they might think that's ridiculous, but I just think it's a matter of like, can you are, can, are you able to slash do you want to do what it takes to get there? Right. 
Right. I think the are you able to is really important. You know, you may want it mm-hmm. with everything, but you may not have access to all of these things immediately. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's a that's real for a lot of people. So you mm-hmm. know, it has to be kept in mind. I've definitely made the statement. Anybody can climb V10. Anybody can climb V14. I agree. But that's, or, or yep. I mean, V10 or 514. But, but that's a matter of anybody who has access to all of the, you know, all of the tools needed. Yep. And not everybody does have access. So I look back on those statements and I'm like, oh, you know, maybe you completely misspoke there. And it's more like in a vacuum, in a world where everything is equal, anybody could do that. But that's not the world we actually live in. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I, I, I think uh, I don't know if it's a if misspoke is what I would say. I think maybe just like have an asterisk next to it of mm-hmm. like you yeah. know anybody can climb at this level. It's just a matter of yeah. It's just a matter of a, a lot of external things lining up and and opportunities coming to you and you know being around. And then also being around people, I think that who you climb around is super important. I think that if you're, I always tell um, everyone, like, it's good to, it's good to have people that you climb with that are at your level, but you also need to climb with people who are better than you. You also need to climb with people who are slightly lower level than you so that you can, you you just need to be able to absorb as much information as possible. And if you're used to climbing, this is kind of that like staying in the middle problem. If you're used to climbing with the same crew of people and you know how they solve problems and there's no like surprises to you, like if you're getting on the wall and you're like, I know how Johnny's going to do this boulder. He's going to do X, Y, Z. Then, then there's, you're not learning as much anymore. And it's, yeah, I think that like one of the, one of the reasons I think route setting is a great way to, to teach people how to climb is because you watch people climb your routes. And like you, when you set a route, you generally have an idea of how you think it's going to climb. But if you watch a variety of people touch it, they're going to do a ton of stuff. Not all of it's going to be stuff that's useful, but you're just like, I don't know. It's just like you're exposing yourself to information, you're processing. um, And like that, that, that just, I guess goes back to the too hard for too long thing because you don't have to be on the wall to be getting better at, at rock climbing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there, I think that's that's totally true. Yeah, yeah. There's so many ways to get better at rock climbing. Like, I mean, um, it, it's... And ultimately, I think it's all a compromise of sorts. You know, we, I do it, I've heard you do it in this conversation, and I hear people do it all the time where mm-hmm. we use the word balance, like we're trying to balance all these things yep. out. But really, it's a compromise, you know? And I think that's something this chapter sort of speaks to where I'm saying, you know, don't stay in the middle too long. Don't go hard for too long. You know, mm-hmm. don't don't just project for too long. Really, you you're compromising one thing in order to build another. And it it's a constant compromise back and forth. And it might feel like trying to balance, but it's really impossible to keep everything at the same level. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. You know, now I just realized that I'm glad that we're talking about this because you're you're kind of teaching me more about what's in this chapter. But um, all five of those things are are intention with each other because you're asking folks to 
not try too yeah. hard for too long, but you're also asking them to try 100%. But you're also asking them yeah. to remember endurance, but don't stay in the middle. And but don't project all the time either. Like, <laughs> and it's just like, what the fuck do you want? Like, do you, you told me I can't do yeah. anything. But it's, it's, um, but that I guess that's kind of what I was uh, talking about when I'm when I'm talking about watching people climb. It's like, you just need to you need to be as aware as possible because that's how you Mm -hmm. make the best decisions. And yeah, I think you're totally right. There's a, there's a flux that goes with your climbing. There's going to be times where you're stronger and there's going to be times where you have more power endurance. And there's going to be times where um, you can climb forever, but you just can't quite pull a move. And you just need to kind of accept those flows. Like it's a, it's a marathon, you know, not a sprint. You don't, it's not always going to be that way forever. And um, yeah, I think that like, it's not about like, if you, if you get in the habit of trying to counteract everything all the time, then you're just going to like ping pong all the time. (laughs) Like it's just going to be pendulum swing, pendulum swing, you know? Yeah. It's impossible to balance it all. Yeah. And, and we want to, we, we fucking love that word. We, you know, we are all always using it. I'm trying to balance this life with this life and this thing with this thing. And yeah, that ultimately it's damn near impossible to do that. Well, you know what, what, uh, the thought I just had is this is, this kind of goes back to why you enjoy climbing in the first place. Like we balance is balance is purely theoretical you will never be able to balance all five of these things much less everything in life but it's that's not why you're rock climbing i I mean for me at least that's Mm. i'm not rock climbing to achieve something i'm rock climbing because i enjoy the process of trying to achieve something and like if you that's why i i just uh one of the reasons and i really try to tell people not to get focused on sending because i think it is good to celebrate sending i i do think that's true but if sending is what you enjoy about climbing then you are going to hate rock climbing because rock <laughs> that's like it's the smallest part of it it is the literally smallest part actually i think this is probably in mario and i's first uh, talk for his podcast but that would be like um that'd be like working a job where you hate everything about the job except for the day, except for when you log into your computer. Like you're like, well, I hate this job, but I really like the part where I sit down at my desk and I type in my password. Like that's, so I'll, I'll keep working. Like the the job is (laughs) shitty. The people are shitty. The pay is shitty, but, but logging into my computer is fun. So I'll keep doing it. And it's like, if you don't, if you don't love everything else that leads up to that, like you're just not gonna, that that's that's not what it's about like and, and it's not even the smartest way to enjoy something to be honest <laughs> yeah it's going to get old fast you're going to quit fast yeah because the sends like they that's another thing yeah. like talking about flux like it, they come and they go like you you will have periods where you are you know you're grinding and you're training and it's and nothing is happening quote unquote but you're you're still working and then there's going to be periods where you just you feel like you got Midas hands, like everything you touch, like you send. Um, and that's, you, those things are great. Like, obviously you want to celebrate when you're doing really well, but if you're enjoying the process, then no matter whether you're doing, uh, you're successful or not, your effort and your enjoyment will stay the same because you're in, you're doing the same things. The rest of those things are just external factors. 
Um, yep. Yeah. So it just, I try, I try really hard to, to, if, if anybody that I can influence in climbing, that's like the one thing I try to teach them is that you need to enjoy. I don't want to say you need to enjoy training or you need to enjoy projecting, but I, I kind of feel like you have to, I mean, at least if that is your goal, um, you know, everyone enjoys different things about climbing. And that's the other thing too, is like all of these, um, all of these uh, pieces of advice that you're giving readers assumes that they want to be better climbers. Maybe they right, want to stay right. in the middle. Like maybe they yep. want to just climb. Like, I just want to go to the gym mm. and uh, send the first, you know, like new things on the new set, try a couple of things and go home. That's Absolutely. totally fine. Like there is no, Absolutely. nobody, there's no wrong way to rock climb. Now, if you, now if you want to, climb harder <laughs> you're gonna have to do yeah. some different things <laughs> yep yep absolutely and i think you know that's true with everything in fact i'm gonna when we're done here i'm gonna take this conversation i'm gonna send it right back to you so you can listen to it and apply it to all of your <laughs> podcasting and all of the work Just, you're doing otherwise oh God. because it's you know i know i know how hard you're going so that's a good point. You know, uh, if I, I bet you if I listen back to this and just replace climbing with creativity, <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh, man, I <laughs> listen to me uh, go. <laughs> uh, it's it's true, though, man. Like and that's that's a I think that that's important. I think having that account uh, like accountability to yourself, because it's very easy it's very easy to give someone this advice. And that's what I think is so alluring about it is. Like even people who don't follow these things, it's very easy to point it out on someone else to be like that person mm -hmm. project. All they do is project. And then and then you're in your own like in ignoring endurance bubble. But you're able to look at other people and see what they're doing wrong. And you don't you know, you, you got to have accountability. You got to have friends. And this is what I mean also about surrounding yourself with good people to climb with is it's also about people that will hold you accountable to what you want. You know, like if they, like yeah. if you're like, for example, uh, going back to the idea of like, not everyone enjoys climbing hard or like that's their goal. Like if, if your friends know that climbing hard's not your goal and they see you fixating on projecting something and they can see you're not enjoying it, that's when they can step in and be like, Hey, like I just, you know, I noticed that this was really, um, bothering you. Like, is this, uh, I don't know, like if that doesn't seem like something that you really enjoy, like that and they can check in with you as opposed to being in a culture where, you know, everyone around you cares about climbing hard and you feel like you have to care too. You know, I don't think that mm -hmm. that's when I say I don't think that's for everyone, I don't mean that not everyone's cut out for it. I just mean that that's not good. That's not going to be fulfilling for everyone and we don't necessarily need to climb harder to to enjoy rock climbing but you know yeah and i you know i think you just hit on one really important part of all this and that's build a community around yourself that you you trust you believe in you enjoy mm -hmm. you know have those friends who are willing to tell you things whether it's you know uh, to make you feel better or if it's a hard truth you know yeah <laughs> whatever it is have those people in your circle and, you know, that's one of the reasons I appreciate you and Mario mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I appreciate your friendship. I, I appreciate you being a creative sounding board, yeah. you know, that's, 
those things are so important to me. And Same. and I appreciate you taking this time to sit down and do this out of your busy ass schedule. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, before we go, I know that there are a lot of people out there listening who are wondering, <laughs> and we're going to get into this on an episode soon, but give us a little brief update on the American Climbing Project. Where are you at with it? Yeah. Um, so uh, the it's, uh, it's in production. I did, um, so over the month of February, I did 13 interviews. So nice. I did a lot of uh, really long interviews that were really good. And um, we are, we're, we're editing it together now. And um, I'm, I'm really hoping, fingers crossed, that I can have it ready for June, that I can put out a couple of episodes and I don't know how much I've explained about how it's going to work, but the, the release of the episodes is going to really be, the podcast is going to come out half done in the sense that like I'm putting episodes out there with the intent that there will be a response from the community and that will drive more mm. episodes. So it's, I really want it Great. to be conversational. So um, it's uh, the more people that I can get listening to the first few episodes and get some discussion going, the better the second half, the B side will be, you know, um, well, people are going to listen. I, I guarantee it. <laughs> so, it's a, uh, it's a, I hope so, man. Like I think, yeah. you know, the, the reason that it's taken me so long is because I really want it to be highly produced, you know, like, uh, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm making all the music for it. I'm, I'm doing the the edits and the cuts. It's not going to be like a like each interview is not going to be a standalone. You know, the, it's going to be multiple yep. interviews stitched together. And so um, I appreciate everyone being patient with me because the, I promise you, the only reason it's taking this long is one because it's a highly produced <laughs> podcast, and two because I'm kind of doing. <laughs> you know, I have a I have a job. <laughs> I, have, I have a job and a part time job, and then I'm trying to do other stuff. So. Um, but it'll be worth it when it's done. It's going to be really good, man. Yeah, I will. I will be first in line to download. So. <laughs> man, thank you a ton for doing this. Absolutely, thank you. This is a really good conversation. You, you even kind of, you taught me uh, some more things, some more layers that uh, that came out of this chapter that I didn't see at first. So I'm really excited to to like listen to like read each chapter then listen to the discussion on the episode because it just mm. i mean i guess that's kind of why you're doing it but i just i don't know i just also want to say again that i i fucking love this idea i think this is i mean i love the book and and i love how you are going about this and i'm excited to see the the whole thing together awesome thanks man heck yeah Tomorrow, sandbagged. Are you kidding yourself? We don't tweet. We scream like eagles.
Listen. Listen.